Top of the morning and Aaron Gabroch to all of you listening on this St. Patrick's Day is episode 171. We're going to be talking a little bit about St. Patrick later in the show. I have the Don with me as ever. Law Elephoric on Eve. Is Gaelic, is the Irish language. Gaelga, Gaelga. The Don is a bit of a Gaelgore. Not really that much used That's to be. That's Irish language for happy. It's a bit like Cade Mila Forge. Cade Mila Forge. Mila Mila Forge. 100,000 welcome. That's a happy St. Patrick's Day to you all. Yes. And um, we will come to St. Patrick. The What's been going on in the news? The big news, of course, is uh, since you were you, you were last with us, the implosion of the royal family. Yeah. Which you've been kind of pining for. You thought it was going to come in from a different direction, but... I just, with the last Monday in the UK and Ireland, where you, we, we saw the Oprah interview uh, with Harry and What's-Her-Face, me again. Megan Markle. Yeah. She's one of the old Milltown Markles. <laughs> one of the Milltown Markles. Um, yeah, so I was looking forward to that. I mean, I just, look, I knew it wasn't going to be as good as Prince Andrew's little sit down, but on the off chance that they mentioned him, or you know, I couldn't miss it just in case. Um, I have no time for the royals, but I am Irish, so of course I was watching like the little bitch that I am. Well, I mean, on the night, I mean, it, uh, it got the most views uh, in Irish television in the last year. Did it? Something like that, yeah. She was nobody was watching telly. It was on RT2 as well, which is the sort of fag end, about to go bankrupt station that just Hang on. runs repeats. So, so that got more views than, uh, than Leo Varadkar on... Uh, I think they say it was second to that. I think also sporting events are, are higher if you take out sporting okay. events, like the whole Ireland final. And but it was something like 700,000 or something watched it here in a country that claims not to care. But the, the key problem with Meghan Markle in that interview is when she said, I didn't Google anything. I didn't know, like she was yeah. about to go meet the Queen and she didn't even know how to curse. Now that was, that was on the absolute bollocks, yeah. right? I mean, like, look, at, I'm on Harry and Meghan's side, yeah, obviously. Same, same. And the reason so many Irish people watch it is not because we like the royals, it's because we fucking hate the royals. Mm. So there's, you know, someone you don't like and there's gossip to be yeah. had, of course we're going to watch out of bitterness. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, Oprah said something about it. I mean, obviously you would have known. She said, well, I hadn't Googled yeah, Harry. Yeah. And I just went to myself, in my hole. Like, she's a celebrity. And this is a prince of she's the British royal family. She's a celebrity, get her out of here. Yeah, but the, like, this is the prince of a royal family. And we all know with the whole Diana thing, like, I mean, you would fucking Google him. The idea that she had no idea, she hadn't Googled him, she didn't feel the need to. Bollocks, I wouldn't meet someone off Tinder for coffee without yeah. ch- checking all of his Instagram accounts, yeah. where he's been on holidays, a with whom. Google I know search. his ma's maiden name, I have his PPS number. Like, do you know, <laughs> the fact that yeah. she married yeah. a British royal without having Googled him yeah. is just. I mean, don't lie. Well, she, no, she was going to meet them, I think. She hadn't married them. No, so that thing, yeah. the, the thing about meeting the Queen was apparently like that they hung around with. Eugenie, which apparently is like Eugenie. I don't know. Megan kept saying it like that. I don't know. Or Eugene so, in Ireland. Whatever. They were they were hanging out, and then the Queen happened to be there, and she was t- apparently she was in the car with Harry, and said, he said, "Look, you're going to meet her. Is that okay?" And she was like, um, "Okay, grand." And he said, "You know, I'd curtsy." And she was like, "What?" But but like she's your grandmother, and Harry said, "No, she's the Queen." So apparently, she learned it on the fly. I mean. I, I would believe that. I believe that she didn't know correctly how to curse and apparently Fergie came out and had a quick look to see was she doing it okay and yeah. that was grand. I believe that she didn't quite know the etiquette or how to curse but this idea that she hadn't Googled and she didn't, I mean, she was, it, was, it was very on the nose. Mm. 
That said, we then had the uh, the meltdown by Piers Morgan the next day, which was equally hilarious. Uh, one of <laughs> yeah. the most odious twerps ever to grace the UK television screens. And he, used to be, he got a big job in America as well on CNN years ago. Did he? Kind of, he replaced Larry King. Jesus, I didn't know that. Which is uh, outrageous. Larry yeah. King who died recently of COVID-related illness. And his 17 wives, I think, were not all able to go to the funeral. Um, Piers Morgan had a walkout and has quit and is doing the old Piers Morgan bullshit. He offended the Queen when her, her husband was lying in hospital and he was doing his real... Yeah. So what I found really funny about that, when he threw his toys out of the pram and walked off in a big strop, oh, Piers, so what you're saying is it's okay to remove yourself from a situation when it's causing you emotional grief. <laughs> Yeah, the snowflake. Gets, I know. The snowflake killer gets snow. But yeah, so his thing with her, he's had this weird beef with her for a few years. So he was, so Meghan Markle was in Suits. So he was a big fan. And I think they were in touch over Twitter, over a private message, whenever she used to send him pre-released episodes, Grant. And she happened to be in England and said to him, oh, like, it'd be great to catch up with you since she happened to be there. So she met him for a drink in the pub. And apparently it was only like 20 minutes. And then off she fucks to some party or engagement where she meets Prince Harry and she ghosted Piers Morgan. Now, a few things. Piers Morgan seems to have thought that that was, and he's, he's talked about it everywhere. He talks about it on the Late Late Show here. You're like, oh, no, no, it was this kind of fake, kind of silly, oh, I don't really mind. Oh, sure, she got the prince, but like clearly really bitter. Was he kind of hitting on her? He thought he was on a date. Oh, and I'm going, no, no. I sincerely doubt she was on a date with him. He thinks what happened is she met her prince that night and that, that was the end of it for him. Tough luck. And he pretends to be gracious about it. But, you know, she's totally blanked him altogether. And he kept asking for invites. He kept hinting at invites to the wedding, all this kind of stuff. But being Piers Morgan, what probably happened is... She met up thinking, oh, yeah, well, here, must, must meet up for a drink because she's going out anyway, like a time filler. But uh, he's such a dick that whatever he said over those 20 minutes, including probably being a bit lecherous and thinking it's a date, would have gotten rid of her sharpish. And also, then meeting Prince Harry, I'm sure she heard what a dick he is. Yeah. <laughs> I was told, oh, God, don't be mates with him. No, no, you can't be like... No one likes him. Yeah. So first of all, there was the issue of, you know, somebody who we don't know yet saying what colour the baby's going to be, okay? We're now assuming this is possibly Prince Charles or Prince William, his brother. But here's the thing. No one in the royal family has ever married a person of colour before. Yes. It's clearly a kind of a German... And they're kind of... They hail from Germany, so they're, you know, hey. Uh, so, <laughs> so, and, like, here's the thing. We, a, lot, a lot of people know this because it went straight to DVD, but I'm quite proud of it. We made a movie before QAnon, before Conspiracy Theories... It was a dark black comedy two years after the death of Princess Diana where we posited that she was actually killed by Elton John. <laughs> Have a listen. And each day that goes by and they don't expose the fucker, I get madder and madder. I'm telling you, man, he killed the fucking princess. <laughs> Who? Elton John. <laughs> Come on, man, what are you saying? Nobody killed any fucker. It was an accident. Oh, or if you have to go with some wacko theory, then, then MI5 killed her because they didn't want the mother of the future king of England marrying a Muslim. I can't believe you. An educated man falls for that MI5 theory? Basic shit. Nah, man, my theory ain't no theory. What I'm going to tell you is fact. I'm telling you, man, he was in on it. 
What the fuck had the guy done since Blue Eyes? I'm still standing. Okay, what the fuck had the guy done since Blue Eyes and I'm still standing? Nothing. The dude's all washed up. He becomes good friends with Versace. Versace was gay. Elton's bi. Nah, he admitted to being gay, not bi. Yeah, but he married some chick once. Well, no, that, that doesn't prove a fucking thing, does it? Now, I think Gianni and Elton got along like handbags on fire. They became an item, but then Elton got jealous when Versace started seeing that gay hooker. What was his name? Uh... Cunanan. Cunanan. So, Elton dresses up like Cunanan, pops Gianni on the front steps, pins it on Cunanan. The feds corner Cunanan, who conveniently blows his brains out. The feds have their man. Elton goes to Gianni's funeral. And what pictures do we see plastered all over the newspaper? Elton crying his ass off, being consoled by none other than Princess Di. Because he was by, upset at killing his lover, because Princess Star was a sexy woman. I put it to you, they had an affair to console each other. Not a long one, but they had one. Di breaks it off, knowing the publicity would be harmful to her, hooks up with Dodie. Elton is mad as a meat axe, man. How has no fury like a faggot scorn? So, he kills her in a tunnel in Paris. Wow. You know that driver that was meant to be drunk and on Prozac? He was said to be a regular at the gay bars in Paris. You get the gay connection. I'm trying. Acting on Elton's orders. So he smashes the car, kills them all, including himself, because he wanted to die. What about the bodyguard? He survived. Yeah, okay, okay. The bodyguard, that was a mistake. He should have bought the farm. But who just happens to lose his memory? Hmm? To this day, he still can't remember a fucking thing. Says his computer crashed. He's a knight of the realm, not some hopped-up, jigaboo bastard son of a native witch doctor! And that was two guys. Two guys in the film are having a fight about who killed Princess Diana. And one of them says the reason she was killed is that they didn't want... The, yeah. the brother of the future King of England would be a person of colour because she was dating Dodie Al-Fayed at the time, who is from Africa. So that was our theory. And as you can hear in, in the clip, um, it, it ended up in fisticuffs. But Elton John did it. And there he, he sang he sang at uh, her funeral. Candle in the wind. Candle, Candle in the Brazen wind. bastard. Brazen bastard. And the guy who happens to be recovered from the crash forgets everything. Hello. Here's Morgan probably paid him off. So overall opinion on that? Yeah, overall opinion. Look, I can't fucking stand Oprah. I, I, I didn't particularly like Meghan or Harry. Don't have anything against them. Just wouldn't want to go for a drink with them. Very American. Like, they'd piss me off. However, there's no doubt she was treated absolutely appallingly. And like, fuck the press. Mm. Fair play to him taking his life and saying, fuck this. Not having history repeat itself. So I'm on their side. Didn't enjoy the interview. The only thing is, she can now play herself in a, the next season of The Crown. The Crown, exactly, exactly. That's the whole the whole agenda. Anyway, uh, America, they're they're over ensconced in their new house in America, where Joe Biden has grabbed the COVID nineteen situation by the short and curlies and is getting shit done. Vaccination wise, wish you could say the same here in Ireland. I was thinking the other day that fourteen hundred buck checks have gone out to everyone in America, and imagine there's sort of winos who are going. 
what the fuck? I just got 1,400 bucks today. Goes straight down, blows it on fucking drugs, everything. Yeah, how, let's do 1,400 quid. Let's have a massive house party. Yeah. <laughs> or the people who don't, who aren't winos and don't think, no, we're not going to have a massive house party in the middle of a pandemic. Stop. Yeah. Do you know what we'll do? Let's go on holiday. Yeah. I just love to know what percentage of the Americans, and I, I suppose from Biden's point of view, if, if he does go and blow it on booze, at least it's going back straight back into the economy. But yeah. like, I'd love to know what percentage of Americans have that check spent by Monday morning if they get it on Friday. And have it spent on things that worsen the pandemic. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah worsen the <laughs> pandemic, their own health and their own situation. Waking up on Monday, you know, in your flat just covered in cans and... You know, mounds of cocaine and used hypodermic needles and no mast and other people. Like something out of Breaking Bad. And there's just a bill there for 1400 bucks and it's just gone. <laughs> yeah, like it was going to be fine. Everybody arrived with masks. They were be- kept it small. But the drink, because they had so much money, they could afford loads of drinks. And then someone says, let's get a bag. And then the mask is off. <laughs> You've been on the skid row for decades and you just go, you know what, I'm going to go to the you know, a steakhouse in the centre of New York and just have a shave before I go in and go in and just have a big steak and a bottle of wine that cost me a thousand bucks and just <laughs> move on from there. But anyway, you know, we had the, we, since we were last on, we also had the Donald Trump bullshit where he just went and just repeated everything. I mean, I just can't understand why there aren't more, you know, given the amount of guns have quadrupled in America, there haven't been more pot shots taken, assassinations. Assassinations yeah. seem to have gone out as a kind of a quaint thing of the last century. They yeah. Brought back. Riots now, no assassinations. Yeah. And I just, yeah. How many guns are in that country and they haven't got a bullet between them to spare? Yeah. I mean, I just... There's something like, um, there's something like, I think, 500 million guns or something. There's are 300 million. There's something like a gun for everyone in the audience. Yeah. And it's, it's like, you can take a pot shot at uh, uh, JFK. Yeah. Who's a man trying to do decent things. Very surprising there wasn't a pot shot taken at Obama. Yeah. There was one on Reagan and there was one and they killed bloody Abraham Lincoln as well. How would you know though? Because if you think of like Obama, I mean, it's quite possible that there was and if it was sorted, why would they want that out there? I could understand if they had it managed, there might have been a few attempts. I mean, there would be insecurity, but I could understand why would they necessarily release that and want that out there because that that might uh, inspire more. Mm. So if they had it dealt with, it might be more prudent to say nothing and keep it quiet. Yeah, America, but it is still great without him. And, you know, just throwing it out there, just throwing out a few seeds. If you're American, you're male, you've got an arsenal of guns, you're a good shot, you like sniping, just throwing it out there. You know, you live near Mar-a-Lago, you like walking through hills and dunes, you play a bit of golf, just saying. That's very sexist of you, Sean. Any, any, Any of the ladies that want to have a go? Well, you By know my means. position on the American women who all voted for him. Like, yes, but I'd, I would just point out that women are actually better shots. Yeah, crack shots. No, true, because in the IRA, in the Easter Rising, what they did in the best mm-hmm. posts was they made sure to put a man and a woman together because they needed a man to hold the weight of the gun from behind walls because of their size, but the women actually read better shots because a lot of them, uh, frequently because they did a lot of nursing, they were just more exact and they knew that a male and female team would have the best option but it was the woman was the best sniper so i wouldn't want to discourage any american women if they want to have a go to i believe in you you can do it anyway the other thing that's happening in america is that the um the numbers have plateaued same here we can't get them down below a certain number which is really disturbing and it it leaves you in this kind of limbo of is it going to just fucking crack on again and take off or not 
And of course, with that, now all the states are opening up again. Going, yeah, see, it's gone away. And it's so far from gone away yet. Mm. And the other thing I was thinking about this was, we're a year now, literally into the um, COVID, we, we celebrated its birthday on the, pod- the last podcast. But if you remember back last year, and I, I haven't heard anybody else saying this in the media, one of the arguments which Sweden pursued and which 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 um, Boris Johnson was spent a very key four weeks dithering over was the idea of letting it rip through the population in order to achieve herd immunity. Don't panic. Don't close it down. It'll get out there. It'll kill some old people. But we get we have to get set. So it's basically saying go out and catch it. Okay. Mm. And that was a very real. Uh, the Netherlands were looking at it. We we I remember us debating it on the podcast and now we're in a situation where we're trying to get everyone vaccinated because the thing is mutated can you imagine how much it would have mutated yeah and if we'd let it rip through the population which sweden did and and initially everyone's going oh see sweden are doing it really well and then sweden got absolutely shit covered in yeah in, in COVID. well i remember everyone was saying but it's also temp- look sweden because it's if it was anywhere else it, yeah. like saudi arabia are doing it let's do that yeah. no yeah. but like it's because it's sweden yeah. and I, I remember saying that time going like <laughs> just because it's sweden doesn't mean it's a good idea however there's a bit of argument over that because they did still have some restrictions in place they just mm. didn't they didn't believe in shutting down the economy but they did have some restrictions yeah, well, in place were so they of, weren't they were saying yeah but they had the bars open and yeah, oh, yeah and they're 10 something like five or ten times more deaths in Sweden than there are in the other nearby Finland and Norway. But I mean, if most places had done that, and if they just said like the herd immunity thing, let it rip, and we're in that position, this position, I can kind of see Sweden's point because they're really into the environment and shit, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, overpopulation would have been fucking sorted, and rents had come down. Might not have been such a bad thing. We'd have a younger population because more old people would die. Very cynical well, view. You know, in in many cases, in many, to a certain extent, this is exactly what Donald Trump was trying to do. He didn't mention it. I mean, he mentioned, what was the word he used? Herd impunity or something. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah he was getting them mixed up. But, Kill off a few pensioners that are drawing a state that was pension. What he, he was like, keep the thing open, let it rip. But no one mentions the fact that the thing would have been, because now they're saying that if you let it rip, it mutates over and over. And all we're waiting for is a mutation that's going to be worse than mm. the original, which we already have. Yeah. Uh, but imagine if it was much, much worse. Imagine if it was via uh, vaccine proof. Anyway, COVID continues to rumble on, and I predict it's going to be um, with us for a lot longer than many of us think uh, in some shape or form. We did get some um, questions from last week. So if any of you have any questions, we're moving the podcast into a new area. Obviously, it's still on Patreon. I'd really appreciate it if you could go on there and give us the price of a pint every month. If you really like the show, it really does help. www.patreon.com backslash B. And we did ask any of you who are regular listeners, if you want to send in, you can you can comment on the SoundCloud uh, by just sending in a, an email or you can send an email to at Shawnee B at Twitter if you have any questions for us. And we did get some questions last week. We got, we got some questions from a Jeremy in the United States. Yes. So Jeremy is a guy I've been chatting to. He's setting up his own podcast, which is the Bad Mofos podcast. I think the first episode is probably also out on St. Patrick's Day. So, um, and I happen to be a guest. So... Jeremy sent a few questions. Uh, do you two really get off listening to your podcasts? Yes, we do. That that is that is what we do. We dim the lights, light a few candles, stick that on, and get busy. That's what we do. That is our forte. Well, no, the only podcast we have <laughs> listened to is the one we we, li- we did listen, but I don't listen to them. I mean, it takes ten hours to edit the. Well, you listen I'm to them so when you're sick yeah. of them by the time they go out. 
that I never listened to them again. And we did listen to back to the ones early last year as COVID was breaking out to see what sort of a tit we made of ourselves. And we didn't. We were kind of right on the Yeah, line. we listened out of interest because mm. we actually have a record of Because everybody thinks uh, people don't like to be wrong. We all like to think, ah, sure, I, I always knew that. And I always said that. So we actually wanted to, because we talked in such great detail and we had we had receipts. So we were kind of checking up to see how stupid we were. And we're actually quite proud. We were good. Um, yeah. Uh, what's with Sean's accent? It sounds a bit posh. Is he English or from North Dublin? <laughs> Sean's, Sean has the uh, mid-Atlantic twang. Well, I'm actually Australian. Oh, God, here we go. I'm actually Australian, yeah. I, I, uh, I'm a proud Aussie citizen. I have an Australian passport, mate. I can always go into Aussie if you like. Please don't. We can always do the rest of this in Australia, mate. They're all doing fairly well down there. They've got, they're out watching football and everything. I think, footy, footy. I think you've just lost all your Australian <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah, my accent is uh, South County Dublin uh, has spent a, a, an awful lot of time in Asia. I spent a lot of time in Asia slowing it down because people couldn't understand me because I spoke too quickly. Then I went to Australia, so I got a bit of that. I am a mimic, so I tend to mimic people when I'm sort of in their company a little bit without me knowing. My, my, I'm mid-Atlantic, as Blind Boy says. Yeah, it has, it has actually changed slightly, though. A lot of people think that about Irish people in general. Mm. Whenever we go abroad, people guess Canadian. But I'm from Cabinteely, 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 a suburb in South County Dublin. Uh, when I first met John, I used to try and get him to say, trick him into saying Cabinteely as often as possible because you, you don't do it as much now, but you used to round your L's. So instead of, I'd say Cabinteely and you'd say Cabinteely. Cabinteely. Anyway, was there any other questions you had? There were, there were. Um... More serious questions, right? Okay. Who are your top five guests and why? Uh, well, I think I'll, I'll pass on that because we may go and do, a, depending on how long lockdown lasts, we may end up, you know, recycling some of my favourite podcasts. We've just done the Don's top 20 podcasts on A Pint with Shawnee B, which you can listen back over the last 20 or so episodes where she's done her top 20. And I think there's a few in there that would be in my top five, so certainly... Um, Pete Dunn would be my number one. Certainly, my Toto from yeah. the Street Gangs would be in there. Um, but yeah, we sometimes we'll, we may do my own. Well, maybe my own top ten of ones that you didn't pick. Maybe. Right. Okie dokie. Why did you start podcasting? Um, I was actually just clearing out some emails from 2008, and I had an idea when I was joint moving to America. I just found it in a, in a note that I sent to JWT, who I was joining, that they should that I was going to plan to do a podcast for them, which in two thousand eight would have been very ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that it was going to be a kind of not unlike a Pine with Tony B, except maybe with advertising people, which is kind of what Pine with Tony B became. Um, I got into podcasting because I was I had an aborted career move to a research company called Brain Juicer, which lasted only five months because the CEO just took a turn and didn't like the way I was. Uh, uh, not agreeing with everything he said. And uh, one of the things that I had resurrected was this idea to do podcasts. And they kind of thought they were kind of getting into that. And they so I went and bought the equipment and I did a few pilots for them. Then the whole wheels fell off um, and I left. And they sort of said very kindly, they said, you can keep the uh, the podcast equipment. And um, and I did. And I said, I've done five or six now, so I'll keep going. And I, the, the trick I say to all podcasters is, Record about 10 of them before you launch uh, so you don't have pressure on, you know, to do one every week. I, I did one every 10 days for the first three years. Now it's down to every month or so we do one. But, um, yeah, that's what I did it. 
So it wasn't so you'd have something to send people you met on Tinder. <laughs> no, but I did. I did one with uh, one of my guests, uh, Dennis Goodbody, for his uh, before I started mine. And uh, yeah, when I was on Tinder, I was. I know you sent it to me. <laughs> but it was a good way of saying what sort of a class of an idiot is this guy anyway. Yeah, well, that's that. My interest was like you're either going to be an absolute fucking knob. Like an, a pain in the fucking hole, in which case it's going to be quite entertaining. Yeah. Or you might actually just be really eccentric, in which case that's rare. And I like that. Mm-hmm. So, final question. Where do you see the podcast in the next five years? Well, I'd be surprised if we were still going. I think podcasting is just... Jesus, you're going to break up with me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the pod, this podcast, I, 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 it's been, we've done five years of this podcast and uh, I'm very surprised I've even managed to do that. Uh as I said, I've never done 171 of anything except rice. But I think we've reached peak podcast. Everyone's at it. They're all the same. They're an interview with somebody talking to somebody about their life. Podcasting has emerged as a very powerful medium because radio screwed itself up. And I think there is a, a clear appetite for people to do long form conversations, go deep on a subject. And I think there'll be a survival of the fittest and they're a lot of people will start losing interest I think in podcasting and I think it'll it's become too you know when, when everyone has their own podcast is when you know you have to stop so we keep this going and see how, you know it's good fun for us and yeah our numbers are, are holding up and, and in fact growing so more people are listening to you than they are to the normal podcast so that's good <laughs> <laughs> sure what the fuck else would be doing Anyway, uh, so that's that. that's that. So thank you to uh, Jeremy for sending in those. Any of you who are uh, who are listening uh, regularly and want to ask us a few questions, you can get onto the um, the SoundCloud and send us a note, or you can get onto Twitter at Johnny B and send us a note. Any questions, any themes or topics you'd like to understand? We're going to talk about St. Patty's Day today. Top of the morning to you. I have my shillelagh out and my little leprechaun beard. And the Don has got a big pint of Guinness. She doesn't really. But uh, St. Patty's. St. Patty's. We have our four-leafed, our four-leafed <laughs> shamrock. And we've spelt Guinness wrong. The American approach. We've dyed the river green. <laughs> Don't drink it. It's yeah. full of human and animal feces. Yeah. So, so, like, I mean, anybody Irish knows the story of St. Patrick pretty much. And I think, I think anybody around the world knows St. Patrick's Day is that Irish thing. But I just said, not everybody knows the story. So briefly, I also, our Paddy's Day is ruined because of COVID. And last year, it was the first thing ruined. So this is two ruined Paddy's Days. And I just want to make sure to ruin it for Irish Americans as well. So that's kind of what, what I'm doing here. I want to educate and I also want to piss on their parade. <laughs> Funny. Uh, so the story of St. Patrick. St. Patrick was born in Roman Britain near the end of the 4th century. That's right. He was not Irish. When he was 16, he was kidnapped by Irish raiders, sold as a slave to a Celtic priest in Northern Ireland. So already that he was kind of child trafficked. Yeah, he was child trafficked by and, Irish people. By Irish people, mm-hmm. like we were the baddies in this situation. Yeah. So anybody who's really into Patty's Day and their Irish heritage, I just, I just wanted to stick that little shitty bit in for you. Uh, he toiled as a shepherd for six years and then escaped back to Britain and then eventually returned as a Christian missionary. So he was a child trafficked into slavery mm. by Irish people, right? There's yeah. The story, right? Yeah, yeah. The legend is that he banished all the snakes from Ireland which is bollocks because there were never any snakes in Ireland. The climate is too cold. Snakes was a metaphor for pagan druid priests. Another way of looking at that, I would say, is, again, if you're really into your Irish heritage and, you know, looking at our religion, looking at pagan traditions, just remember that banishing the snakes is banishing our culture, the pagan druid. So it's not a happy story. 
Sorry to ruin that. Uh, so a few other things. Leprechauns. Now, the leprechaun thing pisses, pisses Irish people off. It's like it seems to appear at Paddy's Day. And we're going, that's like, we don't fucking do that. But leprechaun actually comes from Lubberkeen, which is a small-bodied fellow. And it's from Irish. We, we do have a history of the fairies. And there's a lot of stuff like that. Like, I mean, we, you can't build a motorway where there might be a fairy fort. Uh, a Lubberkeen was a cranky fairy that mended the shoes of other fairies. So, unfortunately, that is actually an Irish thing. What do you thing. call a small Irishman who falls to pieces? A leprechaun. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, no, we hate it because we don't all have red curly hair, although my son does have red curly hair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shamrocks. The shamrock thing. So, the sh- shamrocks were considered a sacred plant by Celts and St. Patrick supposedly used the shamrock. So, it's not a four-leaf clover, obviously. It's a three-leaf. Clover is Most the American posters have four leaf clovers. Yeah, and the whole point of Saint Patrick, the whole story is that he used the shamrock because it's got three leaves to explain the Holy Trinity as a Christian missionary. So that's why it's particularly fucking ridiculous when they use a four leaf clover. The yes. entire point is the fact that there's three. That's literally the the nub of the story. And shamrocks are tiny as well, so you can imagine them going, "No, look really close." There's <laughs> three little leaves, and they go, "I can't see that." It's not like shamrocks aren't these big green things that you see on posters. They're like tiny. It's a little weed that's like really small. And of course, trying to explain three persons in one God. I mean, there's a rabbit hole we could go down for hours there. You mean your son is you and your daughter and and my dad I'm is my me. own grandpa. I'm my own. Yeah, it's all like yeah. And you know, again, look, take a look at yourself, Christians. I mean. It doesn't make any sense, and it's all been done to manufacture the story. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway, it's not actually our national symbol. Our national symbol is a harp, mm-hmm. but it did beca- it did come into use in a symbol of nationalism in the seventeenth century. So that's kind of how it became big. But it's not our national symbol. Now, parades, St Patrick's Day parades, are in fact an American thing. Now, obviously, we have one in Dublin, as you know, but. St. Patrick was celebrated in Ireland since the 1600s. First known parade was actually on the 17th of March, 1601, in a Spanish oh. colony, which is now St. Augustine in Florida, because they had an Irish vicar named Ricardo. I don't know what his surname was. So that was the first one. And then the Boston parade started in 1737. Where the mayor of Boston threw the first punch. <laughs> to proceed. So the Boston parade started in 1737, and it was actually homesick Irish soldiers. Now, the Irish soldiers were with the British army. So... The St. Patrick's Day Parade of all those, the, the long history in Boston of all those Irish Americans. Remember, they were British soldiers. They might be, they might have been Irish, but they were British soldiers, which is, it kind of makes sense because that marching, that, mar- I don't trust marching. It's a, it's a bit of a prod thing. <laughs> marching. We wouldn't do that. Um, the New York one started then in 1762. The Dublin Parade only started in 1931. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. The top four parades in America are? I would presume Boston, Boston New York. New York. Uh, Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Where they die the river. They do. And Savannah, Georgia. Savannah, Georgia. Okay. Savannah, Georgia is a big holdout for for, for the Irish racists and they hang out down there. So that's kind of, they have a massive parade there as well. Yeah. Like it was shit here. Like even when we were kids, it was shit. Yeah, my dad would bring me in and you'd have combine harvesters and (laughs) tractors pulling trailers with a few dancing girls on it. And it was all seen as this. Oh, we have to go. But it was always pissy weather. And come here, was the, was, the, was the parade in black and white when you were a kid? Yeah. And <laughs> green wasn't introduced until, I think, 1980. <laughs> <laughs> well, interestingly, green uh, is not the colour that was originally associated with St. Patrick. It was blue. 
But so they, they got rebranded because mm-hmm. green is a bit more shamrocky and all that. So they're a bit like Santa, a bit like Santa wears red now, but that was a Coca-Cola thing. Yeah. So Santa originally wore blue too. Yeah, was it blue? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was blue. Pepsi Mr. Mr. Big opportunity. <laughs> yeah, so the whole green thing. But as you said, they uh, dyed the river in Chicago. So in 1962, the river was dyed green and they used 100 pounds of dye. It was a local uh, plumber, I think, or it was to do with a trade union, but he got permission anyway. They used 100 pounds of dye and it took weeks for the, uh, it took a week for the, co- the colour to go. So now they use 25 pounds of vegetable dye, but that is Chicago. What else? Oh, the facts coming from the dark. I know way. corned beef. So Research. I've been on uh, I've been on Facebook, and we've had all the Irish Americans going. My great 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 grandma had this recipe and all this kind of shite, but from from the old country, corned beef is not an Irish thing. We don't we don't. No. That's the corned beef thing. The Irish Americans are big into that. Where that comes from is Irish Americans that were living in uh, Lower Manhattan slums bought it from the ships returning from China. They are the tea ships. Mm-hmm. So obviously corned beef would be in Bream, so it would stay. And they were too poor because they couldn't afford ham. So that's where the corned beef came from. It's a it's an American thing, uh, not here. So anybody who's bullshitting and saying that this recipe was used by my great-great-grandma who brought it from Mayo. No, she fucking didn't. That's a New York thing. Yeah, p- a pipe bands, right? A lot of pipe bands in the uh, Patrick's Day parades. And I just want to point out that bagpipes aren't Irish, they're yeah. Scottish. We have illan pipes. Illan pipes are different. You have to sit down to play illan pipes. You, you play it with a bellow. It's not a um, mouth blown, so you'd have to sit down. So that's not such a great thing for marching. You flap your arm yeah, so it's Scottish thing. Kilts, again. Now, kilts are Scottish. There is an Irish version, but it was kind of robbed from Scottish culture. It was during the rise of nationalism, so it was kind of robbed from that, but it's not actually an Irish thing. I spent like eight years in America, so I saw Patrick's Day up close and personal, you know, would not allow allow any gay people to march in the parade up until very recently. But priests were um, in it. Well, of course, priests were in it, but um, they're, they're in the closet or in the sacristy. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, you know, and, and, you know, even this week, there's a full page ad in the Irish Times, uh, sorry, in the New York Times and I think the Chicago newspaper clamouring for a vote for the United Ireland, you know, from the friends, oh, American yeah, friends yeah. of Sinn Féin. And it's like, get out of our fucking noses. Like yeah. they do, I went to a couple of Patrick's Day dinners for Friends of the Irish and all this kind of stuff. And it was kind of embarrassing. It was yeah. really green-tinted spectacles. It was yeah. like the old... Uh, you could you could, you could ima- you could see where funding for the IRA came from. Very yeah. wealthy. Ignorant. Uh, well, out of touch, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, sure, Dev started that, like, horse and the money out of the Americans. Yeah. But uh, I've never been a fan of devs, so... I mean, without the Americans, we wouldn't have the peace we have, you know I mean? Yeah. So, so they, they do, they, they, but they are very... I mean, in order to get President of the United States, you have to get the Irish vote and you have to get the Jewish vote, which is, mm. which is hilarious because they're both... One of them's an invader and the other's the invadee for the start. So there is the hypocrisy there. And Joe Biden, you know, he, he, loves, he loves going on about his Irishness and we'll be, we'll be seeing um, some sort of Zoom call between him and our Taoiseach Prime Minister on... Today, yeah, that's gas. Mehol doesn't get so. Um, the the Irish the, the Irish Prime Minister is a Taoiseach, which literally means chieftain. And every year there's a tradition that the Irish Taoiseach is invited to the White House and presents the pre- sitting president with a bowl of shamrocks. We've mentioned Mehol Martin before, the current Taoiseach, who literally is he's known for being. He, he couldn't bear to be the only the only leader of Fianna Fáil in history not to be a Taoiseach. 
So he it's was like desperate. He was fucking desperate. The whole country was laughing at how desperate he was to get his go. So he finally got his go as being Taoiseach and he doesn't get to go over in percent. <laughs> yeah, the Irish Prime Minister normally goes over on an Aer Lingus jet every Patrick's Day and meets up with the current President of the United States and hands him a bowl of shamrock in a Waterford Wedgwood crystal decanter of some description. And that's not happening this year due to COVID. Yeah. Oh well. So yeah, I mean, it was it was uh, it was it was I never really enjoy Patrick's Day over there. I mean, the parades are big and they're they're, but I mean, it, all it is is piping marching bands down the street. I mean, there's not there's no funny thing, nothing funny about it. And it holds up the traffic and you can't get across town. You've got to wait for hours before you can. You know, it's, and I just find that so when I see like pipe bands and it reminds me of the Orange Order like we're not into marching that's not so I find it ironic you know but in fairness our, our parade has been better I mean I, I'm not I hate going to the parade because it always pisses rain and stuff but you'd throw it on the telly you'd have a look there's in recent years the Irish parade is good like they'd have a lot of stuff from theatre groups um, artistic groups mm. so it's kind of it's it's less it's much less plasticky and it's less it's more they get into mythology and stuff like that less less the shite so it is it, it has improved um, what else? Aaron jumpers. The Americans won't be able to come over and buy their Aaron jumpers this year. However, just wanted to make sure everyone knew. So there's a few myths about the Aaron jumpers that the, you know, the cable knit. Ca- yeah. So you know that the stitching is meant that there's different stitching. And one of them is that different families had a different stitch. And it was because, so if the fisherman was washed up, you'd be able to tell, you'd be able to identify him based on the stitching. That is absolute horse shit. That was made up by Heinz Edgar Q, who owned a wool shop. Um, and yeah, and they were. The loo would misfire. Iron oh. jumpers were invented around 1900, so they're not ancient, but they did provide employment for women in the Iron Islands. So the the myth was kind of kept up just to sell it to Americans, but it's utter horse shit. Um, yeah, and St Patrick's resting place is not in the Republic of Ireland because it's in Northern Ireland. <laughs> it's in Down Patrick County, Down. Um, and he rests beside Saint. Saint Probably named Down Patrick. Down Patrick. Down Patrick. Um, yeah, but his jaw is in the Dublin Museum. I shit you not. That's the, I actually saw it a few weeks ago. Not not in person. I saw it, a photograph of it. We have this weird thing with relics are fucking weird. I know, yeah. yeah, and also his copy of the four Gospels and Alas, his crozier. Patrick, I knew him well. His crozier with which he banished, banished the snakes that he fucking didn't. He went, he's, he, he basically got his closure in his hand. He banged it three times. And, went, and said, nothing but snakes around here. Nothing, nothing but snakes, snakes around, around here. here. Jealous bastards. <laughs> yeah, so his closure was in Christchurch, but it was publicly burned in 1538 because Archbishop George Brown decided it should be, which is odd. And yeah. the only snakes we have left in Ireland now are all from the same family. The cores. <laughs> John doesn't get that joke. But, uh, some of you will. Um, yeah, so St. Patrick's Day. Anything, what, what else have you found? Well, other Irish gems? Paddy's Day. Uh, so you, the Royal du- Dublin Dog Show was the place to be years ago. Because you could get booze there. Because you could get booze there. So basically back in the day, Patrick's Day was dry. It was The pubs closed on the day before. And well, from 1927 to 1961, there were strict laws curtailing the sales of alcohol on Saints' Days or on Holy Days. So yeah, the whole booze up thing but obviously there was still booze and so you there were there were a few exceptions and everybody went there and there was a TD that was known for saying that it's a great day only for the, all the dogs <laughs> I, th- I think that was uh, Brendan Bean said that one of our famous Irish writers so we have this thing Good Friday all through my life growing up it's like the, the country nearly falls into a catatonic fit on days when there's no booze to be sold our whole culture with our pubs have been closed for over a year now yeah is is like it's, it's so got, funny it, I don't know 
I think we're going to come back in a way where there's going to be much less pubs because people will still not want to go into them. I think COVID, as I said, is going to be here a lot longer. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's the thing of like when you get used to not paying that much for drink, people yeah. might be disinclined to, but then people might be so. I think when they open, people will, go, will rush to them yeah. and then they might kind of get fed up and go, fuck this, it's a bit expensive. There used to be a thing called Holy Hour Every Day where pubs would close at, at 2.30, mainly to get lunchtime people back to work because otherwise they'd be tempted to stay on a session through the afternoon. I mean, it's all, we do have this great export of our, you know, every, everywhere I went on my travels, it was always, oh, he's Irish, we'll bring him out and get him drunk. Yeah. <laughs> fighting, the fighting Irish, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. in America. You know, uh, there's a certain uh, Washington Redskins, Chicago Blackhawks, well, what about the Irish? And you're stere- the stereotyping us as a, uh, fighters with ginger hair and wearing little silly yeah that's what we're like over here (laughs) we don't give a fuck we don't give a fuck we're not offended you know we're not offended keep calling it the fighting art it's grand i mean i'm more offended by them it's not the fighting irish thing that pisses me off about that it just pisses me off that they're co-opting our irish thing they're not irish you're not irish sorry yeah like nationality Irish. Yeah, that's Irish. That, 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 the, the Irish American who pretends to know everything about Ireland is much more insulting and uh, irritating than those very same people who think that they might stick up for us by campaigning to change things like the names of the fighting Irish because we don't give a shit about that. So what did you do as a kid on St. Patrick's Day? Did you, did you always go to the parade? I'd say for about... Dad was really into it. And like, you know, I grew up in in the early 70s it would have been a highlight you know but it was always you were so small and you'd be going you know we'd, we'd go around college green near trinity and we'd sit there but like dad would put me up on his shoulders occasionally but like you were basically seeing a kid's eye view you were looking at wet yeah. coats most yeah. of the time you know i think i went once when i was very small and like it shot you have a vague recollection of it and then when i was in my teens yeah we definitely went because paddy's day was just we all we all got absolutely hammered and I remember once, I think I must be about 14, and uh, Lion's Tea, <laughs> they were giving out Lion's Tea and just shitloads of it. I don't know why. I think they'd start with the new triangle tea bag or the new pyramid one. So everyone just started. That's how young the Everyone Don started is. fucking the tea. The Don was <laughs> around when triangular tea bags became a thing. You didn't even have tea bags. You didn't even have tea <laughs> bags. You just have to put spoons of tea in and then strain it. Yeah, well, and I've had that. So I, I, I never drank tea. I only learned to drink tea because... A friend of my mother's used to do the tea leaves. And she was great at it. So you had to drink tea to get your Jenny to do your tea leaves for you. Oh. She was deadly. I used to go to Mass on St. Patrick's Day, which was Oscar. Oh, we all went to Mass. We Did you? Of, we got a sprig of uh, shamrock. Yeah, we were sent, myself and brother were sent off. You go down to, say, uh, down to, down to Mass. You'd sit there through the Mass, Oscar, and that was the highlight of the day. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, massively overrated St. Patrick's Day. Uh, we're missing it this year in Ireland due to lockdown. We have uh, everything closed up. All the pubs are closed up. Essential services are all that's open. And we went to a cheesemonger's last week. So so there's actually a very famous cheesemonger's called Sheridan's in, in the centre of Dublin. We went there. And while we were waiting outside, I was just going, like, cheesemonger's. There's basically cheesemonger's, ironmonger's, fishmonger's, and whoremonger's. And... That's the only you don't you don't get yeah. hotels going. We're room mongers, or uh, I'm going to the shoe shop. I'm going to the shoe monger to get a new pair of shoes. So it's it's like <laughs> if anyone can explain to us the whole origin of mon- we might do that the next podcast. Yeah, mongers. What the, what the hell? 
Yeah, we were, we were waiting outside. Yeah, we were waiting outside uh, and Sean was just thinking out loud and was saying that to me and I was like, that's very interesting. And then he kind of got into saying munger. You know when you get a word trapped in your that's mouth and you word, can't stop munger. saying it? He was like, munger. Whore munger. Whore. Whore munger. Let's call ourselves a podcast munger. So, <laughs> so she, oh. Sean's back was turned to the three guards uh, coming up the road and he couldn't, see, he couldn't see them. And so as he's roaring, whore, whore, whore at me, they look a bit concerned. Whore is a great word as well. Whore. It is, whore. Is whore, whore now... Well, you have to, no, it's only good if you use... I don't say whore anymore. Only if you say it with two syllables. Whore. 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 Yeah. A bit well, like, like how the Americans say Ireland with an extra syllable. If you're a, a female strumpet, um, are, you, <laughs> <laughs> are you allowed to call yourself a whore? Who, are you allowed to reclaim it? Yeah. Like hoe? Yeah. Uh, well, she wasn't. Well, was okay in America still, as well, long no. as you're black. Saying it, I think you have to be black. To well, say then there was there one a couple of years ago here. I can't remember her name, but she was a sex worker and she was she did a documentary on RT and th- there was a clip of her going around that was used um, for the abortion referendum by the anti side. That was her screaming, "Hoes need abortion!" So right. she she obviously she's reclaimed the word. But the origin of whore is uh, men used to walk up to strumpets in the side street and say. Who are you? And they went, yes, I am. No, sorry. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're going to call ourselves podcast mongers. Podcast so mongers. from now on, I'm a podcast monger. And uh, we're going to try and claim the word monger for podcast, for the for the realm of podcasting. That's probably a podcast, I think, the Don. Um, thanks for all your research on St. Patrick's Day. You're very welcome. And uh, you have a closer for us. I do. I found a little thing. Um it's give up your old sins. Somebody, some people will be familiar with it. Give up your old sins was uh, basically there was a teacher in Rutland Street School in Dublin in nineteen sixties called Peg Cunningham. Inner city, massive classes would have been quite hard to educate these kids, and she had an old tape recorder. So she used to say, "The man from the television is here now. Get up and tell." And so it was a way of getting them. They had to learn their stories, and if they worked really hard, then they, they would be their turn. They'd be dying to have a go, and they'd tell the stories from the Bible. These tapes were long since kind of missing and forgotten about, and they were, they were found in the 90s. And it was a Father Brian Darcy project, who actually, Father Trendy, which then became Father Ted, was based on, he found it and he made a project of it, and they ended up, um, they it was animated, and so there's an Oscar-nominated film in, was it released in the year 2000? And you can find it on all the little clips on YouTube. Um, it's really good. Give up your L since... And this is one of the kids explaining the story of St. Patrick. We'll see you next time on A Pine with Shawnee B in April. Probably we'll do an Easter special. An Easter special. Bye. Slán agus banat. Na spúrti cortig. Give up your old sins. Telling us all about St. Patrick. Who can tell me about St. Patrick as a young boy? Mary, let's hear it from you. And so they were going to this place called France this day and they saw this little boy playing near the, the sea and so they said, oh, that fella would be a good walker. We'll grab a hold of him. And so they grabbed the hold of him and they put him on the ship and they sold him to this man named Michael. And this man named Michael took him and he, he said, um, I don't know what you gave him, but then he said, go up to them, that, that mountain and mind all them lambs and sheep and cows and all for me. And so Paul Patrick went up and he minded him. And every night and every day and every morning, he said over a hundred prayers to God. And when he'd be afraid in bed at night, he'd, he'd pray to God that he wouldn't be afraid. And all them prayers taught him into a saint. And so he thought he had advice saying, 
Come down, Patrick. You know, Patrick, there's a, there's a ship waiting down there for you to go back to France. And so he went, he went down and he said to the man on the ship, the captain, he said, will you let me on? And the captain said, where's your money? And so he said, I've no money. And so he said, well, then you're not getting on. And the Lord said, you're not getting away with this. Do you mean it's on poor Patrick? And so the Lord let a big, big storm off and the boat was rocking and rolling and all. And then the, the sailor came up and said, that's all over, not letting that <coughs> little boy on. And so he said, go back and quick before we drown and tell him that I changed my mind, I let him on. And so we went up after him and... He, he said, he changed his mind, you ought to come back. And so poor Patrick went back on the train, the boat, and he went home. And so his mother didn't know who it was, and so he told him his name, and he was delighted. And so he then, because the, they thought he was lost, because there was no guards, there was no papers around, no speakers to tell you. And because as you were lost over here, there, there was real walls to tell you something. And so he made a best meal for him. And so he was at the meal and he said, I'd love to be a priest, will you send me away to a college? And so they, he said, they said, yeah, we let you go away. And so he went away, he went away to the college, even though you're smart, it takes you seven years to be a priest. And so he went away to the college and this night, he was a priest and then he was picked for a bishop and so didn't have, he went he wasn't going to sleep this night and he thought he heard a kid saying, Come back, Patrick, come back, Patrick, and tell us about God and so any other young friends say, Well he's let me there for six years, he's did meanless for me, he's let me starve and he's took me away from my mother. I wouldn't go back there for anything. And so Paul Patrick didn't say that and he said, I, I won't keep it in for them, I'll go back to them and I'll save that souls. And this day he asked the Pope could he go and the Pope said yes and he could bring a few friends with and so he brought his best friends with him. And when he got there he didn't know where to start. So he said, We'll start I'll start at my old boss, um, Michael. And so we went to his boss, Michael, and he said Michael after his name and he said my name is Patrick and so Michael was delighted to see him coming back again. That was very good Mary. We'll leave it there for now. They're really enjoying the scene. They'll be queuing up again next time you're here.